I was born ready. Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. All right, all right, all right. Hello. What's with I, that's the second or third time I've done that recently, like pulling out the Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right. Hello. At the beginning. Hello. Yeah, so here we are, episode 138. One, three, eight. Of the One worship. plus three is four. Four plus eight is 12. 12 is the age that I was when we moved to Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> So. Or 12 was the number of disciples that Jesus had. Or 12 divided by 4 is 3, and that's Trinity. So, yeah, so this is a very special episode. Yes. <laughs> very important. Disciples and the Trinity. Wow. All a part of this podcast. It's happening, folks. Yeah, so. It's uh, for real. Yeah, com, Facebook.com slash WorshipMinistryCatalyst, Twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Email to David at or... Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And leave your voicemail messages, positive or negative, at 360-818-4339. Especially the negative ones. Yeah. As we, long we as you're ever, okay with us making fun of you. We don't ever get negative yeah. voicemails. Yeah. So, um, speaking of negative, you, we don't have to go here if you don't want to. What? But, Where um, are you going? But both of our teams. Oh, I knew it. We don't have to. We can. We can just. We can. No, we no, can skip been, past rough. it. It's been and, a, college football. So David and I, for the record, we we like college football. He likes the Buckeyes. I like the Ducks. Oregon Ducks. Ohio State Buckeyes. And um, boy, it's it's been it's been a rough week for the Ducks in particular. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, uh, you guys won right by mm-hmm. like a landslide. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, but our defense still looks awful. So Oregon Ducks for years and years, they've been kind of at this point where it's like, you know, they're a top tier team, you know, like everyone's like, this is the year. This is the year, you know, the the birth of the college playoff system Four teams make the playoffs. Everyone's like, this is it. This is Oregon's year. And then they go and lose to Arizona. Arizona. Uh, Rich Rodriguez, who lost his job at Michigan who, and moved to Arizona, is coaching a 5-0 and team. Yeah. And Arizona, How did that happen? Arizona's killing it, too, man. Yeah. They, uh, they went first time in college football history, an unranked team. When they played the Ducks, they were unranked. They went from being an unranked team to a top 10 team mm. overnight. First time it's ever wow. happened. Boom. So that that was that was a chaotic weekend because Alabama lost. Alabama lost. Um, Oklahoma lost. Texas A and M didn't they lose? Yeah, Texas A and M lost. Mm-hmm. There was another top and Oregon. Yeah, so Oregon made the top 
three out of the top four lost. Unreal. And then uh, then another top ten, and then a couple of the teams. So my thing is, I'm I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for um, I'm waiting for Florida State to lose. I'm waiting for Ole Miss to lose. Um, I'm waiting for a couple of these other teams to lose, um, Oklahoma. And I think if, if we can get a few losses, Oregon might get back up in that discussion, but right now, like they're out of discussion. But see, like there's, there's no argument anymore no. for, uh, for Oregon to be ranked above Ohio state because <laughs> you know, we lost to an unranked team. You lost to an unranked yep. team. We both have one loss, but yep. see, this is just the bias of. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the rankings to see where everyone fell this after. Yeah, this Oregon's week. twelve. I don't know where Ohio State is. Oh, they're probably still like eighteen or nineteen because, whatever. It's tough, man. Yeah, but you yeah. you know that's the thing, man. You lose one game mm-hmm. and you lose it to an unranked team. I mean that that just about mm-hmm. like just about can. But that's also what makes college football so awesome. Every game, every game is important. Like so it's important. not like baseball where you have hundred and eighty games. <laughs> And you can lose like a third or more of your games and still make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you, there's something only, wrong with that. Yeah, you only got what twelve games, eleven games. What is it? Um, Thirteen. Thirteen games. Usually, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're playing, if you're playing a uh, um, uh, a conference championship mm-hmm. game, so you know it's it's important. But yeah. no, I you know it's been a rough rough. It's been a rough week. Yeah. I I'm okay. You recovering? I'm okay. That's probably why you're not sleeping. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it's it not is. the lunar eclipse. It's no, the, and yeah, the, the, the lunar eclipse has nothing to do with this. You were already awake, worried about Oregon getting into that man. top slot again. It's funny. You know, I was watching that game on Thursday, the Ducks Arizona game, and the whole time I'm like, okay, like like they're gonna come back. Like you, you just expect and you believe that your team's mm-hmm. gonna come back, and then I it, no longer expect that from the Buckeyes. <laughs> 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 no, and and so it was crazy because. There was like two minutes left, you know, Arizona has scored a touchdown. They're up by a touchdown. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, Oregon's going to come back, tie this thing up mm-hmm. and we'll go into overtime and we'll take care of it there. And then boom, Marcus Mariota, uh, sack, strip, fumble, balls out, Arizona recovers, game over. Wow. Just like that. Which speaking of embarrassing losses, did you watch Sunday night football? Uh, I don't think I did. Who? Yeah, the Bengals played the Patriots. Bengals are my team. Oh. So on Monday Night Football, previous to that game, they're talking about how, you know, the Bengals and Arizona um, Cardinals were undefeated, undefeated right? and how the Bengals were the best team in the NFL. Wah, wah, wah. And on Sunday night, they just get pounded. I mean, like, by the Patriots. Just had, embarrassing. We had a tough loss the previous week. Yeah. Boy. And so I'm like, yeah, it was, it was an embarrassing yeah, the, game. The one, the one bright spot for me, you know, I'm, you know, I got, I got, I got two teams. I got the Oregon Ducks for college and I got the Seattle Seahawks yeah. for the, the pro. And so, you know, as long as one team's winning, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the Seahawks are winning. So anyway, anyway, enough on that. But so yeah, it's been uh, yeah. a crazy week. Yeah, but last episode we kind of uh, Kevin kind of teased a little bit about his. He he remembered the word. Yes, that reinvent. reinvent. I was trying to find the word. I'm like redo, remake, remodel, restructure, recontextualize, reinvent, reinvent. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, no, the you know we we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. I was mentioning how I'm kind of going through. Um, the, this uh, uh, this journey where I'm trying to kind of reinvent myself a little. 
and it wasn't on purpose. It was fairly accidental. Um, you know, for for a couple months now, you know, just uh, hanging out with some other worship pastors, and you know, you, you you hang out with people. You know, you pick up some of their mannerisms. Uh, you know, songs that we do. You're like, oh, I like the way they do that song, and you know, you just kind of you, you take some of it, you leave the rest. And so it started, I'm like, maybe I should try to grow a beard, you know? Um, I got that, and my eyes have been bad for a while. I need a new prescription. I got a new prescription today, so I'm like, maybe I should get some, like, hipster glasses, some big, big old black, thick glasses. So I got, you know, I got those coming. And so I'm like, maybe I'm reinventing myself. Yeah. Maybe that's what's happening right you now. Like a, like a, uh, a pea coat or like a, <laughs> like a suede jacket or a, a tweed jacket, a tweed jacket with a yeah. scarf, you yeah. know? No. And I don't, honestly, I don't know where this is going. I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> but, but the interesting thing in all of this is, you know, it, it, it has me asking that question, you know, which I kind of alluded to last episode, you know, it has me asking that question, you know, um, what, what does it look like to reinvent yourself? Is it important to reinvent mm-hmm. yourself? Reinvent your music, you know. Do yeah. do you use the same arrangements that you used ten years ago? Um, you know, on on the same songs, do you reinvent them? Do you make it fresh? Uh, and at what point? At what point are you just becoming a bandwagon person? Mm-hmm. At what point are you just trying to be cool? At what point are you trying too hard? At what point are you just you know succumbing to the culture around you and and just being like everyone else? You mm-hmm. know. And so those are questions that I'm yeah. asking myself, you know, because I'm trying to reinvent myself. Well, that's that's the reinventing thing is one reason why I'm such a big fan of Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I know he's not the cool guy anymore, but he's been around. He's been around and every album he's stuff. reinvented himself. He's you know, he's stuff. always reinventing his sound to stay current with what's going on. If you listen to every album, you're going to hear different sounds from album to album. So he's been very intentional about trying to make sure that what he's doing... And the guy's been in the Christian music industry for like 30 years or something. Like longer than we've been alive. Yeah, which almost. Which is insane. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's crazy because, you know, I feel like he's still putting out relevant music. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just asking myself, like, can I still be relevant, you know? Um, and, and it's a really weird discussion, and... And I apologize to the listeners if you're like, what What are they talking about? No, it's a weird discussion. If you don't understand what you're what we're talking about, just wait until you're in your mid thirties, then you'll understand what we're talking about. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's it, it's that question of you know, like, can can I still be relevant to you know to our church? I've been at our church now for almost nine years, you know, and I think there's a danger with anything, with any job, not just music not just with worship leading there's a danger of getting complacent comfortable mm-hmm. uh familiar and you know you go through the motions you, you just kind of phone it in um you know when you need to go for it on fourth down you punt it you know mm-hmm. and and i'm trying to like be honest with myself and say okay can can i be relevant and and not just go through the motions and maybe change things up a little bit and sometimes it sometimes it's your look sometimes mm-hmm. it's your music sometimes is is the the way that you lead uh your team um but i don't know i mean i think in some way or fashion i think it's important to reinvent yourself uh to stay relevant but again now now the flip side of that the the devil's advocate side the danger of it is 
well, you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to fit in. You're just trying to join a bandwagon. You're you're just trying to, you know, fit a mold. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're trying to be like everyone else. Uh, And so, you know, there's the balance, right? Right. Like, yeah, you know, and that's, you know, honestly, like, I don't think, I don't think I have what it takes to be a relevant worship leader anymore. (laughs) I just, like, and, and what I mean by that, like, do I have the skill that I could probably change in style and sound that I could become, that I could be relevant in that? Probably. But I don't have the desire. I just don't care. You know, like, <laughs> I don't have the mental energy to, <laughs> like, I don't, to try to go through. Yeah, I'm just, it's just, everything changes so much and so fast. Like, I just don't, I just like playing the piano. You know, that's who I am. And so, um, I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't think I have the, I don't think I have it in me to reinvent myself to be relevant for, for what worship is. Mm. But, um, which I think also why God led me out of that. (laughs) Which is (laughs) why now you're, yeah, Yeah. now you're being a a lead pastor. Um, but, um, I, I do think it's important. I think it's important that we're always trying to stay, um, um, fresh even even for our even even if nobody new ever comes into our churches, I think we need to stay fresh. We need to. Um, I think when we stop being fresh, that's like inviting um, a traditionalist mindset into your church, and and within a very short period of time, you will you will establish a a complaining, bitter group of people who who want things the way they are forever. And, and then if you don't constantly kind of lead people through a constant state of progression and freshness and changing your sound, you end up what we've spent the last 20 years trying to come out of. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. And so I think it's very important because we don't want to be outdated. We don't want to be outmoded with what's going on in the world around us. But mm. on the flip side, like you said, that can't be the most important thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's what I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be diligent about that, you know, where, where I, you know, it's like with anything, you don't just change something for change sake, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't just, Hey, let's, um, you know, let's, uh, uh, let's have our service at nine o'clock now instead of 10 o'clock. Like you don't just do that just, just to, well, I want to be different. You know, I want to mix things up. No, like you change it for a purpose, you know, well, Hey, nine o'clock actually meets the needs of our people better because da, 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 da. Uh, and, and that, that's just a, you know, simple, silly example. But I, I think, I think that's the important thing. You know, what, what's your motive behind it? You know, and, and that's what I've been trying to address, you know, like, like, you know, it all started, like I said, you know, trying to, um, you know, mix things up a little bit, hanging out with some other guys and, I'm like, well, maybe I could try to grow a beard, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, it starts that one little way, right? But, but now, like, is there some purpose behind it? Is there some intentionality behind it? And and the thing is, you know, with a look, with a style, like that's not that important. You know, like that's kind of ancillary. You know, mm-hmm. the the big thing is to me is is church, you know, leadership. 
worship, ministry. Like those are the important things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, like looks come and go, styles come and go, beards come and go, you know, <laughs> um, uh, glasses come and go, you know, all, all these like silly little things. I think like, there's I'm, a whole generation of people who would argue that beards come and go right now. I think they're <laughs> like, I don't know, man, beards pretty, pretty forever. Be- beards are forever. <laughs> beards are forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, a. I guess I'm now in the ranks of being a beard. I'm, I'm getting you're, there three weeks, three, you're, you're in the bearded. I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Three weeks of not shaving at all, which is annoying. It itches. It itches. Mine doesn't itch anymore. Never. Did mm-hmm. it itch for a while? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, see what I think that is, is, is the new hair kind yeah. of popping through the skin, you know? So it's a little bit uh, of an irritant. Well, that hair is annoying. I don't like it. Anyway, no. So <laughs> what was I saying? Um, yes, styles come and go. All that stuff comes and goes. But, you know, for me, the, the bigger question is reinventing, being relevant, you know, to your church, to your ministry, to your people. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm driving at. Yeah. Um, but it, does, it, did, you know, bring, it brought to mind to me the, the book uh, Lynchpin by Seth Godin. That's right. And, you know, he talks about, you know, in the book kind of creating... Um, creating or recreating or reinventing yourself or constantly trying new things until you, until you come up with something that puts you in a spot where you are, um, where you are irreplaceable, where if you, if your business or your church or whatever ceases to exist, there will be, there will be people on either side of you, uh, who greatly miss and need what service you offered. And so that's, you know, that's kind of like the linchpin that just puts you right there and that, and that spot where you, um, where you are going to be most successful. And I think it's, you know, if the motivation for becoming hipster is just because that's what everyone else is doing, well, that's not linchpin, you know, that's, mm. that's just, well, there's 1200 other churches that have a hipster worship leader. So you're just becoming like one of them. Instead of, you know, trying to become a linchpin. Um, but if, if you are constantly just, you know, not just reinventing yourself, but reinventing your ministry, reinventing the way you're doing your worship ministry and trying to make sure that um, you're always looking at how to do things better or how to, uh, how to be more uh, effective and relevant then then I think you're on the road to becoming a linchpin. It's like it's that constant trying of new mm. new things that eventually you're gonna come across one. And it's gonna and, work. Yeah, and it's gonna work. And then and then people will will be drawn to you because of that that thing. And if that ceases to exist, then you become uh, well, well yeah, and no, I mean it's kind of that idea, you know, like like if you never try, you won't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and if you never try something new, then yeah, you you won't know if it works, if it's successful or not. So, I think there are a lot of churches that the the contemporary worship, whenever whenever you know nobody really uses that word anymore, but when contemporary worship was the big thing, that the new contemporary just became the old traditional. <laughs> you know, it's like, or it's the new traditional, I guess would be the right way of putting it. It's like they they stopped trying. You know, they kind of, they brought in the band probably with electronic drums and a drum shield around the electronic drums and, um, and, you know, you know, keyboard player and electric guitar player that uh, has to run through a pod, can't have an amp, you know, just, they just kind of, 
you know, they brought all that in thinking, okay, well, this is it. And then like, then they stopped trying anymore, (laughs) trying to progress. And it just became the new traditional and that, you know, people smell that people, people Mm. are aware of that. The only people who don't care about that are the people who have been around for forever. Right. Who, who are just there. But when you're trying to reach new people, they care, you know, (laughs) because there are so many churches now that are doing a good job and they're, they are progressing and if we're not progressing, then then we're we're mm. becoming stagnant. That's good. So I think I don't I don't I don't have a problem with you trying to be uh, <laughs> reinvent yourself a little bit. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, th- this is this is all you know. Just there's so many bigger things in in terms of you know uh, being relevant and reinventing, and you know it it again just for the record, you know I'm I'm a. a I'm not even sure where this is going. You know, I'm I'm taking it one step at a time. But you did walk in with a beard this time. I did, yeah, yeah. So like maybe I, next time when you come, the glasses. Yeah, you'll have like glasses and a scarf. And then the time and next then, time yeah. after that. Next time after I'll that, you're like wearing a, like, like a moccasins and um, like you smell like patchouli and yeah, like uh, like like wear some Uggs or yeah, you know. yeah, 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 <laughs> Uggs. And then the time after that, I'm like, I won't even recognize you. Like, right. Who is this guy? He's driving Kevin's car, but why is he coming well, here? Well, it's funny. Uh, real quick, my, my parents, um, they, they've, uh, uh, they've planned this bucket list trip to Italy for, you know, like for six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, two weeks ago, I dropped them off at the airport. I'm picking them up next week. And uh, so when they see me, you know, I'll have this full beard and maybe if i'm lucky the glasses will arrive before i pick them up at the airport yeah. they won't even know who i am to walk right yeah. past me i'm like mom dad so you, you should know. just like totally change your look just for that one just like just to pick them up day, just to, to see if you can the throw them off but that um that reminded me well for one it kind of reminded me of two things have you have you read frankie schaefer's book addicted to mediocrity no it's a great book for Ooh. worship arts ministries to okay. read because okay. um, in the book, he talks about how when the church had the most influence in the culture was when the church was uh, the most, was the kind of like the source of all creativity in culture. So, mm-hmm. and when they were creating art, yeah, in yeah. Europe and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what brought that to mind when you said Italy, there was a map I saw that, that kind of showed in colors, the most photographed places on the planet. Where, where people take the most it's pictures, all like it's all Europe. Yeah. yeah. And, and what they're taking pictures of in Europe is primarily all stuff that churches did. Yeah. You know, Art, back in the 16, yeah. paintings, murals, right. um, all that stuff. And so hundreds of years later, that influence that's, still remains to be the most photographed. It's the most, you know, people, people, I, some people in my family just got back from a trip to Europe that they've been planning for years. People are still going to yep. see this stuff where we, as the church, were at one point, mm. the dominant force and culture. So be relevant folks. Yeah. There you and go. Somehow we got to get back to that. We got to get back. So and it all starts with growing a beard. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's like that's the uh, catalyst. The uh, catalyst the worship to start ministry it all. Catalyst beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh mercy! All right. All right. So uh, that's all we have for this episode. Episode one thirty eight uh, in the can. In the can. 
www.worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can send an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Or, or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 360-818-4339. Don't forget to be checking in from time to time. Eventually, we were talking, we were emailing this week. We're going to figure out a yeah. time to to a cross-pollinate podcast yes. with uh, Frequency.fm. And make sure you uh, stay tuned for future guests and exciting episodes from Worship Ministry Catalyst. Talk to you again soon. Bye.